this is our Christmas song in case you don't know what to get somebody for Christmas. There's lots of ideas in here, so listen and don't get stuck. Okay. By the way, that's me on the organ. You start. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French toast, two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay. That should be more there, right? Where? On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. See, oh, yeah. More. The fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden toques. Oh my God! Four <laughs> pounds of back bacon, three French <laughs> toast. Bob and Doug were so good, and I, I have not watched and, like Strange uh, Brew in. Oh, 30 years, you know, um, and uh, but I want to again. I really do. I, I found it. You can watch it for free on YouTube, and uh, you know it's like kind of hard to find because it's not the most popular thing that ever happened in the world. But uh, oh my God, that's fantastic! Good morning. It's five eleven here on News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay, and uh, last broadcast day of the year. Good Lord. Seems like it was only five years ago that we started 2023. <laughs> it's been a long year for a lot of people. Oh, man. Oh, man. Coming up today, uh, we're going to have the uh, Transgressors Memorial Service. If you're not familiar with that, and you've not, you, if I say those words and you don't know what I mean, I just feel so sad because it's like the funniest, interesting, most different thing we do. Is that a fair way to describe it, Jake? That's very fair. And uh, if you don't, and, and I do, I mean, even, you know, like people who've been longtime listeners to the show, if you don't, you know, you tend to be in certain habits of listening. You listen at this time and this time. And if you don't listen at 620 or 820 on a Friday, uh, you just, you missed it. And um, I just feel sad because, um, but tune in or catch on the podcast. I mean, you can always catch it later. Uh, so Nikki Haley's having a bad week. Um, <laughs> she... Oh, man. She's at a town hall on Wednesday, and uh, I think it's in Berlin, New Hampshire is where this all happened. And she gets asked a question that isn't all that hard. But you know how sometimes something comes so out of left field that you just don't even expect it? And then you maybe overthink your answer. That's what I think happened here. But in any case, here's how it all went down. Guy in the crowd asked a question, and she, I mean, this this is, you know, Remember Bugs Bunny throwing the slow ball and the, the batters all would swing three times at it and strike out in one pitch? That's kind of what happened here. So here's the sort of not quite the full unedited version, but here's basically what happened. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Okay. <laughs> Does somebody ask you that question? What do you say, Jake? I would say one word, slavery. Yeah, you're done, right? We go home. We're, we're done. Thank it's you. not a news story, right? <laughs> well, that's not how it turned out. So here goes. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. Oh, no. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm sorry? I'm not president. <laughs> He says, I'm not running for president. Why are you asking me? Right. You know, I just wanted to ask you what the causes were. I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government. 
You mentioned that you answered that question without mentioning the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery? No, um, uh, you've answered my question. I... Next question. You've answered my question. Thank you. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, what? What just happened? So she got piled on a bunch. I, I thought this was a non-story at first. When this first came up on Wednesday, I saw it and I'm like, eh. I, you know, just, uh, but little did I, I, I underestimated the power of just weird fixations to drive a political narrative. So, of course, GOP candidate can't say the word slavery. So, of course, it becomes this big story. Uh, Governor DeSantis weighs in, you know, he says she's out of her league and she's not ready for prime time because she can't answer a simple question. I just think that this shows uh, this is not a candidate uh, that's ready for prime time. You know, she's gotten a pretty free ride from a lot of the corporate press. Yeah, I, I don't. You know what? Well, you know what would have been a really interesting answer from Governor DeSantis? You know what would have been it would have been fascinating from him for him to say, you know, you guys in the media just love to play gotcha. And this was clearly a Democratic plant. Come on. Who in their right mind just wakes up on a Wednesday and thinks, you know what I want to find out from Nikki Haley? I want to find out what her views of, are, are of the uh, the origins of the Civil War. You know, I'm going to go down to this town hall and I'm going to find me out. Because I'm, I'm curious. Because, you know, I, I was reading her dissertation, you know. <laughs> like, where does this question even come from? It's obviously a Democrat plant question to screw her up, right? I mean, or... Some other political operator, might not be Democrat, but, you know, somebody's designed to try to throw her a question that catches her off guard, and it, it, it does, enough that she gives a weird answer, and then that becomes the news. But you know what I would have loved to have him say is, just say that. What do you guys, do you really think Nikki Haley doesn't think slavery was, I mean, what do you actually think here? You think she's dumb? Give me a break. You guys ask me stupid questions like this all the time. I'm not about to pile on a fellow Republican over a clear effort to try to embarrass her, which she fumbled. And okay, so what? Can you? What if he gave that answer? Wouldn't that be a great answer for a fellow Republican candidate to give? Give me a break. You guys are idiots. Like, that's the right answer. Because what do you think? She, I mean, so she comes out and she feels the need to have to clarify. Of course the Civil War was about slavery. See, anytime you find yourself in that position, you know you've messed up. But that's all you have to say is, you know what, I, I don't know, I overthought it. I was trying to be, I, I, I couldn't believe somebody was asking me such a stupid question. And so, you know, and there is, there is more to the conversation about the Civil War than just slavery. But all you really have to say is, I mean, here's what her best answer would have been to him. So you're asking me about the origins of the Civil War. You mean other than slavery? What are you trying to get at here? Like, that would have been a great answer, right? That would have been probably, but it's easy to come up with a great answer later. You know, it's easy to come up with it after the fact. So anyway, she doesn't do that. So instead, she has to go on TV and, you know, explain. Of course the Civil War was about slavery. We know that. That's unquestioned, always the case. We know the Civil War was about slavery. But it was also more than that. It was about the freedoms of every individual. Yeah, and it was about states' rights, and it was about the uh, you know the Constitution being able to survive a constitutional crisis, and it was I mean, it was about a lot of things. It's just if you don't give the slavery answer first, you you can't really give the other answers either. You know what I mean? That's the one that kind of proves you're in the game. 
So was this a gaffe? Yes. Did she botch what you would think would be a relatively easy question? Yeah. Does it mean she's not ready to be present? Oh, good Lord. How many questions and answers have Biden and Trump and every other presidential candidate botched? So does it, well, you know, it proves, it proves what we've always thought about those Republicans. You know, they're all just uncomfortable about race and the history of race relations. Stop. Come on, grow up. 437-1620, 437-1620. So that was kind of one of the big news issues yesterday. Um, you also you also have this weird lawsuit by uh, Sam Parker against Chris Smith, the owner of Gulf Coast Gun, because Chris, as apparently, and I don't, I didn't know, I don't, haven't been in the store lately. In fact, I don't know if I've ever been in the store. I've been passed many, many, many times, of course, and I know Chris pretty well. Um, but I don't, I haven't, I don't think I've been in because I don't go to a place unless I, I need to go there for something and I've just never needed to buy guns or ammunition. Um, so, you know, not recently anyway. So, uh, he uses this cardboard standee of Sam Parker in a lot of ads and online videos, and it's a satire. It's a spoof. It's a marketing campaign. It's a gimmick. It's meant to irritate Sam Parker. Um, I think, I think it's obnoxious. I've seen some of the things. Channel 3 ran a pretty extensive report about this last night. I thought some of the things that he did were kind of funny. Um, I think it's inappropriate. I don't know if it rises to the level of something you can litigate effectively against. I've you know, not read the actual lawsuit, but some of the summary of it you know, seems thin to me. Um, I don't think that if you're Chris Smith or any other private individual, you have unlimited right to... I don't know. Abuse is maybe the term I want to say. The image of a politician. It's kind of like we were talking about AI yesterday, and the uh, you know generative AI coming up with deep fakes for politicians. That that should be illegal. I mean, it should be illegal to fabricate a politician saying something. And he didn't do that because it, clearly the cardboard standee with the little cutout of the like cartoon bubble text. You know, it's not him actually saying it, but it's meant to represent that. Do I think he's misrepresented, Sam? Yes. Do you have a right to misrepresent politicians? Actually, you do. Uh, There's a lot of breadth to the First Amendment protection on political speech. Is this political speech or is it commercial speech? Well, that's probably going to be a central question in the lawsuit, I would think. And um, I don't like it. I'd want to know more if I'm a, a juror sitting on the case. Um, I will say this, Sam, at least went and hired a private attorney. He didn't ask the county attorney to do his dirty work for him. Like in Escambia County, <laughs> where, you know, Jeff Brigage doesn't like his text getting, uh, you know, into somebody else's hands. Uh, he says stolen. We don't know the facts. Um, but OK, they're in other people's hands and he doesn't like it. So he gets the county, you know, apparatus of legal structure to go after private individuals, including somebody who doesn't even say he's got it. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know. Sam Parker is free as an individual to engage in a lawsuit where if he hires the person, you know, it still might be misguided. Don't get me wrong. Just because you do it as a private individual doesn't mean it's okay. But at least you have to say he's not using the county resources to do it. You know, so, you know, hold my beer time for Escambia County compared to this. But I don't know where this goes. I don't know. I I thought it was a weird. I think it's weird to uh, fixate on Sam Parker so much in these ads, and I think it's weird for Sam to sue over it. And I think he he apparently tried to go to him a year ago and through a friend and say, hey, man, cut it out. You know, kind of handle it privately, which 
I mean, that's kind of the right way to do it. If you don't like what somebody's doing, try to go to him out of the spotlight and say something. Um, and he wouldn't, you know. And the fact that it irritated Sam, I'm sure, is more the reason why he keeps doing it. Um, that was the point, you know. And I don't love people thinking that that's, like, the appropriate way to conduct themselves in general. It's a, it's a fit for Chris's personality, for sure. Uh, you know, I, you know, love him or hate him, you can't disagree that, that is, this, is, this is 100% Christmas behavior, right? So, um I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. 437 1620. I'm Andrew. Oh, no. Uh, Maine. <laughs> Forgot about Maine. Trump's off the ballot in Maine because the, uh, what, Secretary of State there? Um, I think that's the office. Anyway, she said, um, nope, 14th Amendment. He's an insurrectionist. Uh, therefore, he cannot be on the ballot. He's ineligible. Uh, this is, all of this is smoke until we get to the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter what happens in Colorado right now. It doesn't matter what happens in Maine right now. What ha- what matters is what's going to happen at the Supreme Court where they're going to decide this question. And I think, you know, the good money says that the Supreme Court says no because that was not designed for this case. There hasn't been a trial to convict. The 14th Amendment doesn't specify the office of president. Um, uh, you know, it, you can't be an elector and have been a participant in an insurrection, but it doesn't say that the person the electors are electing can't be. It's kind of weird if you read it, technically. Um, it doesn't say what a lot of people might think it says. Um, and and should we be resolving the presidential contest this way? No, not really. Um, you know, if the people think he engaged in an insurrection, then the people will vote against him. And if the people think that uh, this is, you know, let's say Democrats using a pretty arcane provision of constitutional text to try to prohibit a candidate that they just don't like for all kinds of reasons, eh, you know, it's not really the way the system is supposed to work. So I, I think the Supreme Court in the end, and I, I just think John Roberts, he hated the news that this had happened in Colorado because he, he wants nothing less than to be a decisive factor in the 2024 election. And he doesn't believe the Supreme Court should be interventionist like that. So, you know, like I said, the only thing that really matters is not what happens in Maine or Colorado or any of the other, like, what, 20-ish states where this is these have been filed, some have been dismissed, some are in kind of pending mode. Um, but it's only going to matter what the Supreme Court does. And uh, the only question is how soon will they make a decision so we can get behind all this or get all this stuff behind us. 523 on News Radio 92.3. Cold, mid-30s, low-30s. I know my, my phone said 33 when I woke up this morning. The car said uh, 38. I think David said 35. So it's cold this morning, though, that's for sure. So bundle up, be careful, and uh, be glad you don't live in Michigan. I'm Andrew McKay. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, a Pfizer vaccine. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine. It can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Join Stefan Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 10 a.m. 
Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stefan? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them today at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This is a test of the emergency alert, alert system. This is only a test. I've been collecting watches since around 2018. Uh, made my first big purchase thinking that was going to be my only watch. When you're looking at watches and you're doing them online or if you're in the secondary market, it can be scary because there's a lot of fakes and I really do focus in on coming in to uh, an authorized dealer like Berets for any of the Omega or Breitling purchases. They will let you try it on, take pictures, go home, think about it and just really set your mind at ease. Come visit us at Beret Jewelers. The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, Barnes Feed Store, and Lucky's Pine Straw. Hi, this is David Wayne from the newsroom wishing you and your family a very happy new year. Happy New Year. News Radio 923. You're, you're, you're crazy, that's what I think. You're, you're screwy. You're driving me crazy too. I'm seeing things here. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul. With a good cop pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coke. Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. There must have been some magic in that old uh, Last day of Christmas music. Enjoy it or bemoan it while it lasts. Uh, 528 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Yes, I am. I'm right here. Football this weekend? I oh, I am. It's all the footballs this weekend. Everything is happening this weekend. It's going to be good. Including, did you watch the uh, Rutgers Miami game last night? This is the most boring game until the fourth quarter. And Miami had a catastrophic play where they botched a reverse and lost 30 yards because the guy didn't realize. Oh, I could just throw this and get back to the line of scrimmage. Uh, And (laughs) but they did. And then it looked like they were going to lose, lose, lose. Rutgers went settled for a field goal. Miami got a touchdown and came back within a touchdown and got the onside kick. Nice. And with like under a minute to go, but then they couldn't, they, they failed to convert on fourth down. It was close and that was the end of the game. But, you know, I thought it was going to be a totally boring uh, bowl game. And then at the last like five minutes is actually kind of interesting. Sorry, go ahead. What do you got? No, that's all right. Well, several people have been hurt after a giant wave hit, hit a beach in California. Officials in Ventura County say 20 people were swept off a beach yesterday when a massive wave Uh, crashed into onlookers standing behind a barrier. Apparently, eight people were taken to a hospital after that happened. Wow. Uh, And report in today saying social media companies are really cashing in on young users. New Harvard study says Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, 
X and YouTube all collectively made over $11 billion in ad revenue, and that's just from Americans under 18. It's a, in it's 2022. a scary story. It really is $11 billion. And the way they did this is they looked at the percentage of underage users and then the, took the total aggregate, you know, uh, advertising revenue and just, you know, did a multiplication of the percentage to get that number. Um, it's it's probably not a very accurate number, but it's certainly not out of the ballpark, right? You know, you got to figure it's somewhere between, what, 9 and $13 billion. You know, it's just somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, but that is such an, such an enormous number uh, for the money to be made off of minors, basically, by advertising to them. And all of the problems that come with... You know, advertising to minors, their susceptibility to advertising, their, you know, underdeveloped cognitive systems. Not to mention what I've always said, and I think you should always keep in mind, the problem with social media and kids is not the advertising, not really. The problem with social media and kids is not the content of the videos or the bullying or any of that. The problem with social media and kids is the social media. The problem is the mechanism, the medium is the issue and how that is changing their brains and screwing them up and all of the other things that's doing to them. Uh, Dave will have your local news coming up next after Fox. Fox News, I'm Gian Gelosi. Maine's Secretary of State Sheena Bellows has decided to exclude Donald Trump's name from Maine's primary ballot. Claiming his role in the January 6th Capitol riot violated Section 3 of the 14th Amendment and disqualified him from office. That's Anna Kuhn with Fox TV affiliate WPFO in Portland, Maine. This follows a similar move in Colorado. So like Colorado State Supreme Court did, Bellows based her ruling on the section of the Constitution that was originally designed to keep former Confederates from holding office after the Civil War. Fox's Alexandria Hoff, the Trump campaign, promises a quick appeal. Two people were hurt after a reported shooting at a at Parks Mall in Arlington, Texas. This was not an active shooter incident, and this was an isolated incident. That's Sergeant Courtney White with the Arlington Police Department. That shooter is still at large. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 at News Radio 92, 335 degrees. Mostly clear skies right now in Pensacola. A Santa Rosa County commissioner has now filed a lawsuit against a local gun shop owner that, sa- that says he's using his name and likeness without permission. Sam Parker recently filing that suit against Gulf Coast gun and outdoors owner Chris Smith. He says social media videos and advertisements featuring a cardboard cutout of Parker are derogatory and mischaracterize him. Hey guys, come on down to Gulf Coast Gun where you don't have to be a sleazeball politician to get early deals for Black Friday. Man, you ain't getting elected to dog catcher, especially after that last meeting where it looked like you took yet another kickback. Sam Parker, what do you want? We want to thank you, uh, Commissioner Parker. And uh, those are excerpts from some of those videos posted to the social media accounts. Court documents say that the promotional campaign began under uh, an ad campaign called Taxation is Theft, where discounts were labeled kickbacks and made references to Parker. Since then, a number of videos on the Gulf Coast gun page have featured the cardboard likeness of Sam Parker. He's suing for $30,000. People in the Dominican Republic are now wondering where Wander Franco is. The Tampa Bay Rays shortstop did not meet with prosecutors as planned yesterday. The 22-year-old is accused of having inappropriate relationships with underage girls. That meeting yesterday was set for 11 o'clock. Franco was a no-show and still remains unaccounted for. SpaceX ending their year on a high note. The company successfully launching a couple of rockets last night on the Space Coast. A Falcon 9 carrying 23 Starlink satellites blasted off. 
from Cape Canaveral last night, and that came several hours after SpaceX launched a Falcon Heavy rocket from Kennedy Space Center. New law going into effect in the new year to hopefully improve relationships between police officers and Floridians with special needs. The Protect Our Loved Ones Act will allow law enforcement agencies to create a database of people who may have conditions like autism spectrum disorder, Alzheimer's, or other mental health illnesses. The information will be added to a system to the system if uh, it's given voluntarily or by a caregiver. The goal is to better inform officers before they arrive at a scene. Pensacola police have some new tools in their arsenal to fight crime over the new year. PPD spokesman Mike Wood says the uh, city's newly activated shot spotter system is already paying off and has alerted officers to several gunshot incidents, including a recent disturbance involving several juveniles. But, uh, yeah, they were refusing commands and pepper spray had to be deployed, hmm. uh, and we ended up with one arrest. Fortunately, you know, most of, them, most of the, uh, those involved ran from us. Uh, when officers arrived. And that's only one of th- uh, three total incidents that have uh, been reported to law enforcement through the shot spotter system so far. Another one where a teenager was shot in the leg and another one where 10 shots were fired and nobody called 911 to report it. All that covering three miles in city limits, another three miles in Escambia County. It is 535 at News Radio, and let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast for this morning. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We are going to have a beautiful, sunny, and cold day today. Temperatures starting off in the 30s, warming into the 50s for highs, 52 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures back in the 30s, 36 degrees. Nice sunny weather for Saturday as well, high near 55. Saturday night, temperatures back in the 30s, 37 degrees. For Sunday, sunshine with a high near 60 degrees. And Sunday night, temperatures dropping into the 50s. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Right now 35 in Pensacola, 37 in Gulf Breeze, and 34 in Milton. Your next news at 6 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Are you hungry for news that keeps you informed, is local and dependable? Look no further than News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and on AM 1620. We're your trusted source for all the latest happenings in the Emerald Coast. From breaking news to in-depth reports, we've got you covered. Our team of experienced journalists brings you the stories that matter most to our community. Stay connected with local events, weather updates, and traffic reports, ensuring you're always one step ahead. We're News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS-certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. This is Lewis Bear from the Lewis Bear Company, wishing you a safe and happy holidays. Please don't text and drive or drink and drive. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Monroe Watley at Frontier Motors wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us at the WEAR Morning News, and there's a lot more of us than you see every day on TV, we certainly wish you happy holidays. From our family to yours, all the joys of the season. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. It's like headline news for radio every day, 4 to 7, on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Back 
Good morning. 537 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Uh, yesterday, we had a chance to talk to uh, Officer Mike Wood, the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. And uh, do keep in mind, we've got a little bit of new information since we talked to him about this missing uh, young lady. And uh, she's most recently been seen in Alabama since we talked to him yesterday. But still, it's important to understand the context of that story and kind of what's happened since. But uh, Mike Wood, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. Good morning. So as you heard David mentioning in the uh, news, uh, pretty much every half hour, we are currently searching for a missing 24-year-old woman who... Uh, I guess she'd been in addiction treatment and uh, wandered off or got out and was trying to get in somebody's car and get away. And Isabel Lawson is her name, and we're concerned about her quite a bit. What do we know at this point? Yeah, she's 24 years old, blonde hair, blue eyes. She's 5'11", about 120 pounds. And, uh, you know, we want to know where she's at. So her parents, they're, they're desperate to find her. And uh, we have officers, investigators on the case uh, looking for her. So if anybody sees her, uh, or a female walking, uh, riding, that des- description like that, please give us a call. Uh, you know, so if she's trying to um, uh, change the way she looks, she may cut her hair, but um, we, need a, we need that phone call. The parents need the phone call. we just like to get a hold of her, find out where she's at, make sure she's okay. And she was last seen in the vicinity of Cervantes, and where was the cross street-ish? Sixth Avenue. There's Sixth Avenue. K right there at Sixth and Cervantes. Okay, right there. Okay, I got you. Very good. Um, I had been meaning to ask you this, and it's just been a couple weeks since you and I have talked, but I believe you have a semi-announcement. It's maybe a couple of days since it started, but uh, big news is the um, the shot spotter is installed. Is that right? Yeah, it's finally up and running, and boy, have we been using it. In fact, the very first uh, activation that we had was uh, 10 shots fired um, over off of the Villers, and we did not get one single phone call on it. So if we did not have that... Uh, shot spotter working we would have never known that shooting or those shots were fired fortunately oh, nobody was hurt in that incident and we've had uh, we've had a few since then one involved a teenager getting shot in the leg and then uh, we had another one uh, i believe it was on the night of the 23rd where several shots were fired uh, there was a, a disturbance involving juveniles but fortunately nobody was struck in that gunfire either so uh, okay so that's three incidents and i mean amazing that you had 10 shots fired and nobody called but that's part of what you and i have talked about so many times is that the value of this technology is not just the instantaneous dispatch and uh, the triangulation of the point of fire the ability to recover evidence the ability to get to the scene more rapidly maybe catch somebody fleeing if they're in, in a car but all of that in addition to the fact that shots get fired and nobody reports it um, which, you know, is a problem. So you, 10 shots fired, nobody called it in, but because we had ShotSpotter, you guys were able to f- show up and find out what happened. Do you know what happened in that case? No, just besides the shots getting fired, we don't. But the thing about it is Andrew, if 10 shots are fired and lots of people hear that and they're all thinking somebody else will call the police. I'm not going to worry about it. I don't want to get involved. And if everybody thought like that, then we could have somebody bleeding to death in the street uh, and no help is coming. So. Mm. Uh, so fortunately, we have ShotSpotter up and running, and, um, and and we're glad to have it. It's certainly a long time overdue in Pensacola. And again, for people this, to whom this might be new information, uh, it does not mean the entire city. It's just these three particular square miles uh, that are covered by it, uh, mostly on the, what, central uh, Pensacola downtown area and toward the west side. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And this program can be upgraded to cover more area in the future, so it's really um uh, it's endless as far as you know as far as what it can cover we just uh, once the funds are available and the need is there then we can expand it if we need to uh, and you said just to follow up 
the teen group of teens where they were had the gunshots fired, uh, were there any arrests in connection to that uh, when you guys responded? Anything else about that incident you yeah. can tell us? Yeah, there was a yeah there was a large crowd there. Uh, they were not um, listening. Where, where to was this at? I'm sorry. Officers. Where was this at? It was um, uh, t- the 2500 block of West Cervantes Street. Gotcha. Uh, I think the place. I think it's a business called the Vibe. But uh, yeah, they were refusing commands, and pepper spray had to be deployed, hmm. uh, and we ended up with one arrest. Fortunately, you know, most of them, most of the uh, those involved ran from us. Uh, when officers arrived. Okay, I got you. And so you mentioned that there were three incidents. Is it just, I mean, I don't want to say just three in a week, but has it just been three in in the week since it's been installed? Um, I believe it's been three or four. I can't remember where the fourth one was, but I do know no injuries were involved in that one as well. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. In the first week, we've got three of these. It's, I mean, terrible, but, you know, amazing. Um, we also had, uh, you guys had a chase that involved some juveniles, right? Yeah, it was uh, involved a red Dodge Charger. It was driving recklessly. When the officer got behind it, it took off and eventually crashed out on Palafox near Cross Street. It was a pretty serious crash. It crashed into a, a white suburban. Fortunately, the people in that vehicle uh, were not injured seriously, but um, officers put a canine on the ground. Several were in the area, and they were able to apprehend, uh, I believe it was three individuals from the from the vehicle that fled from us. And any other information? I mean, uh, juveniles, uh, guns, drugs, anything like that? Uh, I'm not completely sure on that, on, on what the what the final charges were. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, and you guys did a cool thing uh, for Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, so Christmas Eve was busy in both good and bad ways for us. Uh, before the fourth year in a row, we went to Sacred Heart Children's Hospital uh, and, and lit the place up. Where there were probably 50 or 60 uh, emergency vehicles from police cars, ambulances, fire trucks were there, and we all turned them on at the same time at 5.30 that night. A lot of children were in the windows looking out and waving at us. And, uh, you know, they want to be anywhere but in the hospital on Christmas Eve, and hopefully we brought some smiles to their faces. They certainly brought smiles to our faces. And, uh, and uh, again, it was the fourth year in a row. We loved doing that on Christmas Eve. Um, and then, unfortunately, right after that, an officer just left there and was vol- involved in a, in a pretty bad crash um, on Maxwell at Haines Street, uh, he was hit by a drunk driver, so um, fortunately, he's, he's going to be okay. Uh, we lost to Tahoe in the incident, but the, the officer is going to be fine, and the other person that we charged with DUI was uh, was not injured seriously. Well, I Maxwell and Hayne just, like, on the way back to station? Is that kind of—I mean, that's awful. So I'm not sure exactly where he was. I know he was headed westbound on Maxwell, and okay. then uh, the individual that was DUI was coming off of Interstate 10 and just blew the stop sign, and mm. uh, the two vehicles collided. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, I mean, okay. I I have a – you know me. You know, my brain's a little bit different. Um, and so I had this weird idea because it's always struck me when we do the, like, light up the first responder lights at the hospital or whatever, there's one part of me that thinks – I hope that doesn't scare anybody, <laughs> you know, at the hospital. And then I got to thinking, blue and red lights going off. Was there, is there any, I don't even know what it would take, like physically take, but has anybody come up with the idea to take some kind of a translucent yellow plastic covering and put it over the blue light so that you would actually get red and green lights? That's pretty deep. That's a good question. <laughs> um, you know what? I, you know what? I got twelve months to figure that out. <laughs> I just 
you know, Christmas, green, I don't know, it just occurred to me, you know, maybe it's not feasible, maybe it's too cost prohibitive, I don't know, but that was my idea, so uh, do with it what you will, you know, that's always the case. Uh, one of the things, obviously, that's coming fairly soon is the red light cameras, they just got first, assuming city council passes it on second reading, and I am assuming they will. Um, we, you guys put out a note uh, a week or two ago with all of the locations, mostly on Ninth Avenue, also on Fairfield, and then the, you know the one down on uh, Gregory Ninth. Um, do we have a date when that's going to start happening? Of you guys started looking at equipment, made decisions, made purchases. I mean, I guess not purchases yet because it's not. But I don't know. You tell me where are we at in this process? Well, like you said, we have some logistical things that we've got to get through first. But um, our we don't have a target date per se, but we do have. Uh, I can tell you springtime, the first part of spring is something that we're we're hoping to get those cameras online by by that point. Okay. All right. Very good. And um, one question that had come up over the last couple of days as I've been talking about this, people are asking me, in some municipalities, I guess, you're always going to get a photo uh, sent to you, and then, or maybe more than one photo, kind of a before-after photo to prove the point. But um, some people have said that in some cases, apparently, there's video that you can ask to watch to confirm and make sure it wasn't one of those weird exceptions like you were caught behind a school bus and you couldn't see the light or something like that. Is there going to be a video component of this that the public is going to be able to see? Well, I don't know video. I do know that these systems have photographs. Some have video, some have just photographs. Uh, I do know that we will at least have photographs. And when you're talking about running a red light, photographs tend to be more uh, accurate because what we're looking for is that front bumper crossing over that stop bar. And if the camera has to be placed in a position to where we can where we can see if there was a violation when that light turned red. So uh, we do know that the systems have that. Um, each and every one of these um, uh, these uh, offenses will be looked at by a police officer before citation is sent out. So it's not a, a system where a machine takes a picture and then sends you automatically sends you a citation. It will be reviewed. Uh, by a police officer before, before any citations are issued. And and I am assuming, and you, I know the mayor has said this many times, and you have said this many times as well, that the, you know there is a physical person at PPD that's going to be in between the camera and the recipient of the ticket. Um, and I assume they're going to be empowered with not just, you know, make sure that the camera got it right, but also empowered with discretion about cases that might justify an exception to be made. We're not going to be sending out, you know, we're not going to, we're not trying to send tickets for, things that people we can understand why they would have been caught but we're trying to send tickets to people who really are violating the law absolutely i mean there's there's some there's a story sometimes that you know where people there's an emergency or something like that and we certainly uh we certainly want to hear about that if, if that's the case very good we always like to end with a uh, cop myth or a did you know do you have one for me this week yeah, I do, and it was a question that I was asked a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in fact, you were off, so I saved it for today, but they were asking <laughs> nice. if Pensacola police officers <laughs> – yeah, I don't want you to miss out. Uh, they <laughs> were you. asking if Pensacola police officers are required to carry firearms off-duty, and the answer to that is no, they are not required to, but they – most of them do, uh, most of us do, and because it's you – know, you never know when you may run into a situation where you may need that. Uh, we're in plain clothes. We're driving our – privately owned vehicles, and a lot of times things happen right there in front of us because the per perpetrator, the suspects, have no idea that police are present. And if you're going to intervene, uh, which we are required to do on, on felonies like that, um, then you, it, would be, it wouldn't be too smart to do that without being armed. So, uh, so the answer to that question is no, we're not required to, but most every one of us do. Um, 
You know, it's the same thing officers are trained from the get-go when they're rookies to when they're sitting in restaurants. They're going to have their backs to the wall. They're going to be looking at the at doorways, you know, on, on airplanes. A lot of us sit in the back so we can see everybody on the aircraft, things like that that we're just taught to do that are kind of automatic. So, um, so yes, most of us will be armed off-duty. You don't just turn your being a cop identity off because you're not wearing the badge and the, and the uniform. Um, it, it, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, does, it does raise it just kind of my perspective on that is when I know I'm going to some event where, and all of events are going to have some kind of, you know, uniform police, of course. Uh, but if I'm going to an event where I happen to know that, you know, uh, Pensacola police or, you know, Santa Rosa sheriffs or Scambia sheriffs or, you know, GBPD or whoever, if I know there's going to be cops there, I instantly feel safer because I guarantee you <laughs> the, the only gun in that place is not going to be in the uniform, right? That's correct. You're, you're right about that. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I, I won't get into the details because I, I know it's not the kind of thing that you necessarily want to, you know, tell everybody the case about. Um, but um, fair to assume that every once in a while, somebody might even have more than one. <laughs> Is that also fair to assume? That's fair. That's fair. Because, <laughs> you know, cops cops plan for contingencies, and contingencies don't go away just because you're not wearing the uniform. So, uh, anyway, uh, Mike Wood, Public Information Officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Sir, as always, a pleasure. Uh, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for the time and the good information. I appreciate you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Uh, I'll say it this way. You might even find they've got three. <laughs> so just, you know, saying. 550 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you're a... Uh, you find yourself dithering, delaying, putting it off. This question of should you move out of, say, your parents' house, or should you move out of the rental and buy a home, or should you, you know, acquire a rental that you want to market for somebody else, or should you move up in home size or what? You know, like you just been putting this off because it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to understand, and it's a big decision. And if you're at all like me, the um, the easiest thing to do on a given day is to avoid the big decision. Um, well, stop it. And also, you know, the New Year's here, right, real soon. So on Monday, um, it'll be here. You can start taking a little bit of action towards solving that problem, especially if it's like you and your spouse don't agree on this issue. Um, call Christina Leavenworth. Just get uh, somebody in here that you can talk to and get good information and, you know, learn what's the market doing, what would be make sense for us, are our ideas realistic, are they not realistic, what's available right now, all that stuff. And she'll know, and she loves talking to people. She's really, really, really good at this stuff. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. Hey, this is Dr. Ben McMillan. I do a show on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We talk about your health problems. Let me educate you about the Activator Method of Adjusting, which offers a safe and effective alternative to traditional manual adjustments. So whether you've been hurt in a car accident or have been suffering from back or neck pain, chiropractic care could be your solution and not just a temporary fix. Join me this morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Looking for unique and one-of-a-kind gift ideas this holiday season? Look no further. Berman Proper, an amazing gift shop nestled in Gulf Breeze Proper, has a wide selection of gifts, custom engraving, and local products. They also have one of the largest selections of coastal Christmas ornaments and decor that you need to see. Berman Proper has gifts for everyone on your list, including yourself. Berman Proper is located in your neighborhood Walmart shopping center in Gulf Breeze Proper and online at priminproper.com.
Join Keith and Pam, your insurance experts with Ferris Health Partners, Monday at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Learn how to save money on your health care costs. Find the right insurance products that best fits the needs for you and your family as you head towards retirement or are looking for options now. They will be taking your calls and questions Monday at 9 with Ferris Health Partners on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Local experts share their expertise on the Pensacola Expert Panel. It's Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Put down the gun and give me my detonators. Bass player, I know it's this is the kicking song, and I tried to tell you that Eddie Vedder isn't who you think he is. Anyway, <laughs> we had this whole conversation yesterday. Oh, I got a really interesting article sent to me by a listener. It had to do with um, remember we were talking about tempo of songs and how that can affect the listener. Of course, that can affect your interaction with the song, right? And uh, up tempo, down tempo versions of, for example, uh, Handel's Messiah. And they sent me an article that was all about how pentatonics turned. The um the song Hallelujah the um that you know the uh, not is it Ode Bernstein. to Joy or what no, no, no 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 oh. no not the Handel one but oh. the um the Jeff Buckley the who who did the oh, um uh, yeah. the Cohen um you know re- reworked that song right mm-hmm. and uh, that song is not a Christmas song not really I mean it's it's interesting but it's not really a Christmas song and they turned it into a Christmas song because they did it on a Christmas album. And I guess it had been done a little bit before, but they were the ones who made it super popular. What was interesting to me in that, as a long article, is very interesting about that song. What was interesting to me is that the article mentioned that in the last basically 50 years-ish, maybe 30 years, there's no new Christmas music. I mean, there's, you know, there's the Wham song, there's the Mariah Carey song, there's, you know, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, but, you know... Things are like on the fringe of what they call the Christmas canon, right? There's no new carols, not really. And because of that, artists that do their Christmas albums are basically reworking the material that everybody else has reworked 100 times already. And there's no new stuff coming in to be done by these artists. And I just thought that was an interesting observation that the sort of Christmas music canon is only a matter of reinterpreting the existing stuff and not so much innovating anymore. Uh, just hasn't really happened that way in a long time. So I just thought that was a fascinating in, uh, insight that I had not, you know, had not heard before. Five fifty-five on News Radio ninety-two-three, uh, informative, local, dependable. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David. Well, the U.S. and Mexico are pledging to work together to reduce record migration at the border. The governments of both countries issued a joint statement yesterday saying they'll work on strengthening an initiative for Venezuelan, Cuban, Nicaraguan, and Haitian migrants. Ukrainian officials say 12 people have died after Russia launched a missile attack on Kyiv and other parts of their country. Officials in Kyiv say 10 people were trapped beneath the rubble after a warehouse was hit in the attack. Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky says that about 110 missiles were fired, but most of them were shot down. And uh, Andrew, this may be hard to believe, but there's reports surfacing claiming that former President Donald Trump bullied his way into appearing in Home Alone 2 now. <laughs> well, that, and, okay, uh, so... N- I, one a, a quibble 
that's been a long-standing story. Mm. The, 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 well, that's tr- the, yeah. the director has long said, and this is kind of widely believed, that if Trump properties are used in your motion picture, Trump had a requirement that he be in the movie. Oh. And so go But go on. Uh, well, There's more to this story. Go ahead. Well, I, I haven't uh, really gone too in-depth into the claims, but former President Trump is uh, denying the accusations that he's bullying his way into the, uh, into the appearances in movies. Uh, he says that uh, director Chris Columbus begged him to appear in the uh, movie in 1992. Of course, the scene took place in uh, the Plaza Hotel, which he owned at the time. So let's, let's start from the premise that President Trump's recounting of historical events is, let's just say, not quite to academic textbook standards. Can we say it that way? Can we say that gently? Okay. Yes. The man lies about things all the time that happened in the past, right? That's a well, he exaggerates. Fair enough. He, Fair he exaggerates enough. for creative effect. Okay. Um, so in, in this case, you have the Home Alone scene, Home Alone two, where he's in the uh, Trump Plaza hotel and he's wandering through and he just bumps into. Uh, he doesn't know it's Donald Trump, but he bumps into him. Excuse me. Where's the lobby? Down the hall and to the left. Thanks. That's it. That's all he does. And it's a cute scene, and it's it's widely shared meme. Um, but so he says, Christopher uh, Columbus says, we paid the location fee. Trump said, the only way you can use the plaza is if I'm in the movie. And he recalled at the time that uh, they decided to leave the snippet in the film after doing an initial screening because people loved it. People reacted positively to Trump at the time and said, you know, oh, that's great. It's a moment for the audience. Leave it in there. It's cute. And, it, of course, it's a good moment for the movie. Trump now insists that I was very busy and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's just like him to pass up an opportunity to increase his fame. Come on now. I didn't really want to appear in a movie. But the persistent movie makers begged him for the cameo. And this is where it's the most Trumpy of all. And that his appearance in the film played a part in its success. You know, it just wouldn't have been as successful. Well, it could have been because it was funny. Or cute, right. or a follow-up of a massive it had some other hit. merits other than just that cameo. Oh, my God. This little cameo took off like a rocket, he says. The movie was a big success and still is, especially around Christmas time. If they felt bullied or didn't want me, why did they put me in and keep me there for over 30 years? Keep you there? What? Yeah, it's such a weird comment. Well, because you requested it, sir. Um, because I was and still am great for the movie. That's why. It is just... But can I can I just say that your ability to pull up audio clips on the fly is impeccable, it's, sir? Yeah, on fleek. Thank you. I, well, in this case, I saw the story yesterday and I I got it in advance. Uh. That wasn't an on the fly. I don't want to take credit for something <laughs> that I don't deserve credit for. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Dependable traffic on the fives weekdays on News Radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze Milton Pensacola.